And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on all the way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome oh crap guess what here we are I, flashbacks i have no idea what episode i'm on um i'm figuring it out now the show's name is lupa's bits it's my bits episode ha here we go episode 69 you'd think i'd remember that but yeah you know no we missed last week so i apologize for that i was a little under the weather last week. I wasn't feeling really great. Um, there was a lot of people that were under the weather. <laughs> under the weather. Okay, I, I, I need to put a disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast. I am podcasting with my usual live studio audience and spawn of live studio audience, who right now is doing a merry jig. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear her giggling in the background. So any sounds that you may hear going on in the background of this podcast are not my fault. I'm just going to say there was turkey involved. That's, and pie. Totally Dean winchester the pie. Supernatural fans will totally get the reference. Okay, so we are on episode 69. I missed last week. Again, I apologize. I'm feeling a little under the weather today, but we are going to push through uh, my shoulder's feeling much better. My throat, <laughs> not so much. But apparently it's winter here. I have yet to see any signs of winter other than I had to wear a jacket today. Meanwhile, I'm getting pictures from back home and video from back home of snow. Um, while it looks pretty, I'd like to look at it from a distance of a place where there is no snow. So I, when I go back... I will be going, heading back on the 27th of December, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be more than enough snow to go around by the time I get back there. Um, my lovely neighbor, Mike, has been uh, starting my car for me and just kind of backing it up three feet and driving it forward three feet and backing it up three feet so that the rotors don't rust and he's been watering my plants and getting my mail. And he says so far he hasn't had to turn the heat on, which is great because, I, you know, my heating bill is really low because I'm not there. Yeah, it's going to be ugly when I go home. I'm I'm not going to be a happy camper. There will be heat. I will be turning the heat on. But I will only be there for um, uh, probably two and a half weeks, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um Long enough to be in quarantine so that my mother can come and pick me up and we can drive to Florida. Yeah, and then I will be back here in California in February. Spawn of live studio audience has just done the whole, you know, yay! So I'm hoping to completely avoid winter, or at least most of the snow, if I can. But yeah, I'm sitting here enjoying the lovely California weather. It's 44 right now, which in Canadian is, hold on. Let's go to the trusty weather network and find out. I have things I need to talk about too. So 
be prepared. This is going to be, and there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen Ghostbusters and plan on seeing Ghostbusters, um, turn the podcast off now because there will be spoilers. There will be big spoilers. There will be stay puffed. (laughs) There will be stay puffed marshmallow men spoilers. Okay, so here in Apple Valley, it is currently 7 degrees, feels like 4. Now, back home, it is 6 degrees, feels like 3. So it's about the same temperature in Georgina as it is here in California. But there, it is raining, and um, it hasn't rained a day since I've been here. So it rained the day I arrived. So that it hasn't rained since October 24th. It was raining the day I arrived because I remember there being a big puddle right in front of the door. But yeah, it hasn't rained in over a month. So I'm okay with that. I like seeing blue skies and sunshine every day. As you've read in the intro to the magazine, you better have read it in the intro in the magazine because if you're listening to me and you're not reading the magazine, we are going to have words. I'm just saying. Anyway, the uh, in the intro, I said, you know, I don't like snow. I don't like cold. What am I doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm trying to multitask, and it's not working. I'm, I'm failing miserably, so bear with me. Okay, we're going to put the phone down now. I don't like snow. White is not my favorite color. I don't like winter. I don't like cold. And I try to not do cold if I don't have to. And even when I have to, I complain. I generally start whining about mid-October. And I don't stop until beginning of June. It's about when I stop whining about the cold. Spawn of live studio audience is snuggling my shawl at the moment. I have a feeling it's never going to see Canada again. (laughs) Ever. I may never see it again. So, you know, it's a thing. Um, It's been a pretty good two weeks. I was going to say week, but it's been two weeks since I last spoke to you wonderful people. Apparently there are more than six listeners, but, you know. I have no proof. <laughs> and I was trying to count. I was trying to come up with six names earlier. And I think I came up with four. <laughs> and one of them sits there and listens to it live. So he doesn't really count. So I have three that I know of. Thank you, Misha, Mike, and Jason for listening. And Chris. There's four. Chris listens. Maybe Tim listens. Tim might listen too. Steve does. I'm pretty sure Steve Carr does. Zoe listens. Say hi, Zoe. Hey. This is Spawn of Live Studio Audience. That child of. It's a funny name. Funny nickname for child of. Anyway, so two weeks ago, we went and we saw Clifford the Big Red Dog. What she said, it was cute, but sad, kind of. Yes, Zoe and I did have a moment during the movie where we were both kind of sniffling and shedding tears because it didn't look like Clifford was going to make it. Spoiler alert. Um, Clifford makes it. And there was a rousing cheer, and we were very happy. Um, my lips have now recovered from the amount of salt on the popcorn, but it was worth, worth every kernel. I think I even sucked the salt off of the unpopped kernels and spit them back into the container. But it was a good movie. It was really well done. I, I really liked the way they tackled the um, pre-Emily Elizabeth storyline, because if you've read the books as a kid, you kind of got like a brief history of how Clifford came to be with Emily Elizabeth, but it was never really a clear picture of what happened and why he ended up being Clifford the Big Red Dog. 
Uh, and this, I mean, yeah, there was always that storyline of, you know, Ev- Emily Elizabeth just loved him so much that it made him so big. Um, but this gives a more in-depth explanation as to why Clifford is the way Clifford is. And the CGI with the dog and the interactions between the dog and um, the actors and even with, I mean, they had T-Bone. So anybody who's watched the Clifford cartoon or read the T-Bone was in it and he was perfect. (laughs) He didn't talk, which I was a little disappointed. Neither did Clifford. So again, a little disappointed because I've watched the cartoons. I was expecting the dog to talk. He had all the expressions though, so it was really kind of cool. But yeah, we went went and watched that two weeks ago and um, we all enjoyed it. All of us that went enjoyed it and we had a tough critic with us too. So he enjoyed it. He was laughing along with the rest of us. And uh, it was a good night. We had a really good night. Um, So that was Clifford. And then this week we went and saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, this is the point of the podcast that if you are going to go see it and you don't want to know absolutely anything about it, turn it off. I've given you this is your warning. Very soon, I'm going to delve into the complexities of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Because there are things that we need to discuss. There are things that we need to discuss. It is, oh, I can't even, I can't even. But I do have a little bit of housekeeping that I need to do that the live studio audience probably forgot to give me. Well, I know he forgot to give me. I forgot to ask, so he's <laughs> giving me his big old cheesy grin. Um... Lucky's cute. So, okay, let me see. I started, I want to, I want to take a moment and I have a few congratulations to hand out. One of them, the biggest one that I have to hand out is to Peggy Gerber, who is our first place winner for our open contract challenge 2021. And she is our third winner since the contest started. And she wrote an incredible, book of poetry. Each poem deals with some aspect of mental health. And um, it there are heart-wrenching poems. There are uplifting poems. There are poems that just hit you in the feels. As much as I hate that expression, it's true. Um, they will make you cry. They will make you laugh. They make you feel. Every single poem in this collection makes you feel something. It's called Welcome to Crazy Town, and it will be coming out. (laughs) Live studio audience has to think about that for a minute. Anyway, it'll be coming out in the next few months. He's gone to the book. And any of you that have been around know about the book. And I know Mike is out there if he's listening to this podcast going, oh, yes, the book. Hey, guess what, Mike? He got a new one because he filled up the old one. looks exactly like the old one. It holds the same power as the old one. Okay, hold on, we have an answer. Pose it as a question. What is February 8th? February 8th is the day that Welcome to Crazy Town... Welcome to Crazy Town will be released. Congratulations, Peggy. I... On, uh, and I said it in my intro in the magazine. I honestly can't wait to meet you in person in February. February 8th. Wow, imagine that. That is the day, the week, a couple of days before PCE actually starts, February 12th. 
is the day. It's my birthday. Yes, it is my birthday. Um, I'm going to be 49 again. Yep, not ready to roll that over yet. Um, I have a couple of months to get used to the idea. Don't think it's going to happen, but you know. Anyway, um, yeah, Peggy's book will come out February 8th because why? It's a Tuesday and all of our books are released on Tuesdays. How we roll. <laughs> There's actually reasons behind it, but you know, that's technical crap and I don't need to get into that. Um, and then February 12th, she will be flown to the sunny climes of California. And that is Minerva saying hello. You remember back in the day, I used to have my cat CJ. He would come in meowing and say hello. I'm pretty sure Morticia's in here somewhere. She was a moment ago. Anyway, Minerva is saying hello. But yes, Peggy's book will be coming out February 8th. And she will be on hand February 12th, uh, to sign and sell her book at PCE. Yay. So I'm very excited to meet her. So congratulations, Peggy. Uh, definitely a well-earned success. Um, I'd like to also say congratulations to James Bates, who came in second. Uh, from what I have been told, because thankfully I am not the final judge, by the way, Peggy, brace yourself. <laughs> um, Am I boring you? <laughs> She's tired. Anyway, so um, from what I have been told by our esteemed judge, last year's winner, Walter G. Esselman, it was a tough decision between James's book and Peggy's book. Um, I do not envy his position, do not want to be in his shoes, and thankful that I work for the company and don't have to enter said contest. I would be a nervous wreck. I'm glad I don't have to vote. I'm glad I don't have to judge because, you know, I can't. It's just, I can't. Um, so congratulations, Jim Bates. And he has won himself an ebook contract. So his book will be coming out as well in ebook form. And our third runner up, Jeff R. Young. Congratulations to all three of you. And uh, yeah, let's see what next year brings. Year four. Yeah, year four. Look at he spoke. <laughs> year four. I can't believe we're going into our fourth year of the contest because I remember um, a tongue-in-cheek, off-the-cuff conversation um, between you, me, and Mike, I think it was. We had a lot of conversations back then between you, me, and Mike. <laughs> and um, the OCC was born. That's kind of how PCE came to to be as well. Um, I think they both kind of were created around the same time. Um, yeah. So, wow. Holy moly. And this is our third. We're coming up to our third annual PCE. The second one being um, in October at Scarefare. And the third annual one is being held in February. So, wow. Holy moly. This is insane. This company is just growing by leaps and bounds, and we are moving forward at breakneck speeds. Sometimes I just have to kind of sit back in my chair and catch my breath and go, holy moly. It has grown, I mean, it, just from when I came on board four years ago as just a writer, as a contributor to the magazine, um, and then forming a friendship with Dave over the years learning the ins and outs of just how big this company actually is and then becoming part of the company as a managing editor and then editor, then editor-in-chief, now chief financial officer, still editor-in-chief as well. This company's kind of taken on a life of its own 
And it's got so many departments and so many different facets that there's always something going on. Like as I'm doing this podcast right now, um, the anthology is being finished up and finalized. That's coming out in December. And this is our fourth world, the world of myth anthology. And if you have been a member of the month in the last three years, since 2018, uh, you're going to be in the book. And if you've had more than one win, well, you're going to have more than one piece in the book. So Chris, you might want to, um, watch for when the book comes out. Cause you're going to be in there a few times, dear sir. And we've actually had to add, um, new sections to this anthology from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, the past anthologies have been all stories, all short stories. This year we have drabbles and we have poetry. So that's kind of exciting. And um, I'm looking forward to it coming out. I will definitely be getting a copy of it because, you know, I'm in it. And there are a lot of people in the book that I know that I'm excited to have their stuff. <laughs> There's this little giggling creature beside me. I just kind of shuffled over on her hands. And you're right. That is really cute, by the way. Um, she shuffled over on her knees to stand beside me. She's now sitting beside me. Um, I think she wants to be part of the podcast. We're going to get into talking about Ghostbusters, and I think I might bring her in. Oh, right. She's reminding me of the things that I need to talk about. Thank you very much. So one of the things that I wanted to tell you about was the fact that I have actually had three, count them, three, not one, not two, but three Thanksgivings. Two of them pretty much back to back. Not quite sure I'm going to recover. My diet? Yeah, kind of went out the window in October when I got here. <laughs> but I'll be back on track after Christmas, I promise. But yeah, I had my Canadian Thanksgiving in October uh, with my sister Crystal and her husband Brian and our friends uh, before I left to come here. And we did deep fried turkey. And we did a Canadian Thanksgiving. I mean, there was turkey, there was shooting guns, there was fire. It was great. Yesterday, apparently I have a screw loose. I don't know where it came from. I wonder if it came out of my chair. <laughs> Well, if all of a sudden you hear me go, wah, in the middle of the podcast, you know the screw came out of my chair and I'm now on the floor. <laughs> I, you know what? This is the first podcast that's ever come with a laugh track. This is great. Okay. Uh, yeah. So two days ago, well, it'll be more two days ago for you. It was two days ago. It was yesterday for me. It'll be two days. I don't know. The, the whole podcasting on the Tuesday, having it come out on the Friday and trying to pretend that it's Friday is just messes with my head. It's Tuesday, Wednesday. What day is it today? It is Wednesday. Okay. I'm a day late. Good grief. So Tuesday, um, I was in no shape to podcast last night. Absolutely no shape at all. Not because I was drinking or anything, but, uh, because I was in a lot of pain. I've got, we think a pinched nerve. Well, Dave thinks it's my rotator cuff. Yeah, I know Mish. No, <laughs> I've already said no. I know. I know. Um, I went through rotator cuff surgery with Misha. And I mean, now, come on, to her credit, I drove her to the hospital. They did the surgery and I drove her back to camp. We were camping when she had her rotator cuff surgery. And I drove Gimpy back to camp. <laughs> oh, yes, we called her Gimpy. Even the bullfrogs called her Gimpy. <laughs> Uh, she spent the summer in a, in a 
sling and she had her arm kind of strapped to her body in a sling because she couldn't use her shoulder while it healed. And we went up to Ottawa to Kaleidoscope and we liked to camp on the beach. Now, the reason why we liked to camp on the beach is because the time of year that we camped, it rained a lot, especially at night. And the dew was really heavy at night. So when you camp on sand, when you <laughs> camp on sand, now, this is a Canadian thing because I have since then learned that it's not a Californian thing. When you camp on sand and it rains, the sand absorbs the water really quickly. Sucks it right in. Well, no, we don't get sucked into it. The water gets sucked in and we don't float away. So we like to camp on the beach. A, because it was in within staggering distance of the campfire. It was flat land. It was a straight shot. There was our tent. And B, it was drier than camping in the grass. And it was very pretty because it was on it was on the beach. So we were right on the shores of the lake that we like to go swimming in. And we could see pretty sunsets, yes. Well, right beside where we camped, on the edge of the lake, were these bulrushes and cattails and all of the things, the leafy things you find on the side of the lake, which are very attractive to bullfrogs. And every time we would walk by, and I can, I can hear her giggling in my head right now as she's listening to this part because she knows what I'm going to say. Every time we would walk by, and there were three bullfrogs, every time we would walk by these bullfrogs, I kid you not, I swear and we weren't the only ones. We were dragging people over going, what are these bullfrogs saying? And they all said the same thing. These bullfrogs would sit there and go, gimp, 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 gimp. They were talking to Misha, calling her gimp. <laughs> so, yeah, she was known as Gimpy for that summer. We even, um, that was the summer that we commandeered the pirate ship from Uptown because when we would camp in Mansfield... We would camp downtown, which is where the fire was. We liked to camp close to the fire pit because we would have fun around the fire pit and it was easy to get back to our tents and we didn't have to worry about trying to find our way back. Rye, if you're listening to this, Rygan, um, remember it was left at the Tiki Tiki? Right. No, it was right at the Tiki Tiki, left at the Tiki Tiki. That's how we got back to Tiki Torch. Tiki Torch. Yes. So we commandeered a pirate ship. Yes, yes, we did. Friends of ours came in and crew who camped uptown in Ook Village. Um, they, he built a pirate ship and it was built on a trailer that he would tow behind his four-wheeler and he would bring it down to the fire at night. And you don't drink and drive. So the four-wheeler, the pirate ship would be left. He would take the four-wheeler back up, but he would leave the pirate ship. Us being us would go into town and we would get um, decorations for said pirate ship. And we would decorate. We made a big, huge sign out of wooden letters that said downtown and put it on the side of the pirate ship. Now, we never did anything to the pirate ship that could not easily be removed and did and caused no damage to the pirate ship whatsoever. It was all in good fun. But we had a blow-up monkey, an inflatable monkey. And I don't know where Misha thought in her infinite wisdom that this would be a good idea because up to this point, they weren't exactly sure who was vandalizing the pirate ship. So far, it was just Hawaiian lays on the alligator. Another friend of ours went and got some big Bristol board, yellow Bristol board, and he made a, a boot for the tire of the trailer and put a great big parking ticket on the side of it with a whole bunch of infractions on it. Um, so Uptown wasn't exactly sure who downtown 
was messing with the pirate ship. Could have been the Vikings. Could have been the other pirates. Could have been the gypsies. Could have been us. They weren't sure. Until we put the gimpy monkey on the pirate ship. <laughs> this inflatable monkey. And he had a gimpy arm. So what did we do? We made a sling out of electrical tape and put the gimpy monkey in the crow's nest on the pirate ship. <laughs> yeah, they knew who exactly who was messing with said pirate ship after that. And war was on. Um, yeah, that was a fun summer. Gimp, 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 gimp. I will never forget those frogs. <laughs> and every time I hear a bullfrog now, it's like, yep, good times, good times. Anyway, I was telling you about the three Thanksgivings. So by the time you hear this, I will have had my third Thanksgiving. So I had, on Monday, I had another Thanksgiving and we had turkey, we had stovetop stuffing, we had, was it green bean casserole? Oh, it was just green beans, but it was really good. It had bacon. Uh, I was impressed. And rolls and gravy and really good mashed potatoes. Totally different than my Canadian um, Thanksgiving. Still had turkey. Tomorrow on actual Thanksgiving, we are going over to uh, Dave's aunt's and I'm going to have Mexican Thanksgiving. It's going to be all Mexican food. Interesting. Um, it's going to be good. I like Mexican food. Um, he hasn't really fed me anything so far that I haven't liked, but, you know, we haven't broken into the canned asparagus yet, so that could be a thing. <laughs> I, I heard all of my Canadian fan, all my Canadian listeners go, do what? <laughs> yes. If you go to actually, if you go to Giant Tiger, um, you can find canned asparagus. It's very strange looking. Most of us in Canada are used to fresh asparagus. So canned asparagus is going to be interesting. Apparently they all love it. But I can honestly say Dave hasn't fed me anything yet that I haven't liked. And I've put a lot of trust in this man's hands because when it comes to food. Because generally I'm kind of fussy. He knows what I'm allergic to, so that's good. He hasn't wanted to feed me anything that could possibly potentially kill me. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. So, yeah, could be... Uh, interesting because there's only one bathroom in this house uh and there's a lot of us here sand's easy to dig in dug a hole before (laughs) (laughs) he's shaking his head like no no just no Uh, but uh yeah so i'll have three thanksgivings by the time you have heard this i hear this i will have had three thanksgiving i will have had the traditional canadian thanksgiving with the deep fried turkey and the oven roasted potatoes the stuffing. Well, actually, it wasn't stuffing because it wasn't actually in the bird. Because when you deep fry a turkey, you can't put stuffing in the bird. And the bird has to be as dry as possible or, you know, oil, flame, ugly. Um, so it was dressing. But it was really good because it was Crystal's family recipe, her mom's recipe. It was really good. And then, you know, all the desserts that you have. Um, and I'm, not a, I'm not a pumpkin pie fan. I know, he's shaking his head. He's actually, you know, contemplated rethinking our relationship because I don't like pumpkin pie. But that just means more pumpkin pie for him, which is the only thing that's kept me here so far. (laughs) We did have a conversation about Christmas trees and Christmas lights, too. And I agree, they should not go up before Thanksgiving. That all depends on which Thanksgiving you're talking about, though. Actually, generally, I don't put any Christmas anything up until the 1st of December. It started as a thing with my boys when they were little because my oldest boy his birthday's on the 26th and my middle boy well my only other boy his birthday's on the 30th of November so when they were little little and I was a single mom and you know broke I would drag out the Christmas decorations and oh it's your birthday let's decorate for Christmas come on it'll be fun there'll be lights it'll be decorations because I couldn't afford 
We didn't have a dollar store back then. <clears throat> so I couldn't afford to go and get decorations for their, their birthday. So we would put up the Christmas decorations. And all of my decorations were kid-themed. We had a garland that I would put up of all of the Sesame Street characters on their little train cars. And it was like this train hang up. And I loved it. And like the Christmas tree was all kid decorations and decorations they had made at school and I had made and it was a mishmash of stories basically so when they got to be I think Andrew was six or seven he asked me no more Christmas decorations for me I want actual birthday decorations <laughs> okay so I had to promise him I would not put the Christmas decorations up well, him and his brother I had to promise them I would not put the Christmas decorations up until the first of December so that they could actually feel like they were having a birthday and not having to share it with Christmas. I understood that. So I kind of have kept that. I haven't put up anything until after the 1st of December. It's not really a, it's not really an argument that we're going to have about whether or not we're putting the tree up before Thanksgiving and whose Thanksgiving that is going to be, mine or his, because <laughs> I wouldn't put it up before the 1st of December anyway. Outside lights are an entirely different story. And we had this discussion earlier. Because you see where I'm from in Ontario, a lot of people will put their Christmas lights up mid-October because the weather is still fairly acceptable. It only rains five out of seven days. So you get a good solid two days to put your outside decoration, like your outside lights up. Now, I mean, you don't put the candy canes or the inflatables up or anything, but you put your house lights up or your lights up in your bushes or your trees. Because if you wait any longer, you have to dig them out from the snow. And that's no fun. Nobody wants to be out there in minus 25 degrees putting up Christmas lights. It's cold and it's usually windy and your snot freezes to your face. Your nostrils freeze together. Your hands turn blue. Your fingers become numb. You know, like these little nubbins on the end of your hands. They're just no fun. Uh, so people, you'll see them. They'll be like the first nice weekend in October, which is usually around anywhere from the 20th to the 25th of October, because it'll rain from mid-September to about the 20th of October. You'll see them, everybody. It'll dawn and the sun will come up and you'll hear that of the garage doors opening. And the men will come out and they'll stand in their driveways with their hands on their hips and hang their heads and go, crap, it's a nice day. I've got to put the lights up. And the ladders will come out. And you'll hear them banging against the east trough as they move along. And it's like a street full of Clark Griswolds. It really is. They're all up there stapling. And I mean, I don't know why they don't just leave them up all year round. Redneck thing. I'm getting glared at now. I don't know. Christmas might be the deciding factor of our relationship. I've gotten the three-headed look a couple of times now. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I told my sister this, too. And she's like, no, 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 no. They're white. They blend. It's not like you've got white string lights on white east trough. What's the problem? You can see the clips. So every spring, we're up there cleaning out the east troughs, taking the lights down at my sister's. And every October, we're back out there putting them back. So they're really only down for about three months, maybe four, and then they're back up. <laughs> so why? Why do all that extra work? I think my brother-in-law likes to do it because he can escape onto the roof where my sister can't get to him. Although she does stand in the front yard and yell at him. You be careful up there. Are you wearing sunscreen? How come you don't have a hat on? Why are you walking around like this? <laughs> She's hilarious. Oh, 
It's a good thing my brother-in-law has a really good sense of humor because he came at her. She came at him in the middle of the summer. We were building a wall and he came out. She came at him with the sunscreen. Now, she didn't rub it in. She plastered his face with this white cream and then left it on his head because he's bald. So it was all over the top of his head and his face. And she lathered him up really good and then left it. She didn't rub it in or nothing. I'm like, dude, you look like a really melty snowman. But he, yeah, he's a pasty white boy. Burns easily. But yeah, three, three Thanksgivings. I'm going to have three Thanksgivings. I'm going to be 500 pounds by the time I go. I'm going to need two seats on the plane when I go home just to fit my big old butt. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of laughter going on. So I'm getting, my, my stomach muscles are getting a good workout with just laughing. So Ghostbusters. Went to see Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, I am a diehard Ghostbusters fan. I watched the very first Ghostbusters when it came out in 1984 in the movie theater. I went to see it. Scared the pants right off me. I was 12 when it came out. I was 12 years old when it came out. Scared the pants right off me. Really, it did. Yep. There is no Dana. There is only Zool. And I saw Ghostbusters 2. We won't discuss 3. So I kind of went in a little sad because, you know, Egon wasn't there. This was Egon's grandchildren. It was a sad day when the actor who played Egon died. I completely enjoyed the movie. From start to finish, it kept me entertained. It kept me engaged. It was really cool to see bits and pieces like the ghost traps and um, the, BK, the PK meter. It was really neat to see those pieces from the original movies. Um, Ecto one when they when the oldest when the oldest brother finds it and uncovers it it, it was like oh, oh there it is be careful with that car it was it was such a thrill and as soon as they got the car running and he's driving the car I'm like I need to hear the sirens I need to hear, I want to hear the sirens and when I heard the sirens I mean yes I clapped and giggled like a little kid I really did I was very excited about it and it was kind of neat the way they brought in the next generation of Ghostbusters, really. And, I mean, they had hinted in the trailers with voices of, like, you could hear Bill Murray's voice in one, and you could hear, um, okay, my mind just completely went, you could hear Dan Aykroyd's voice in another one, um, but you weren't positive, and I loved the way that they blended um, as the granddaughter was finding out more and more, as Phoebe was finding out more and more and more about her grandfather, because she had the same aptitude for science that her grandfather did. And you see at the beginning of the movie, there's your spoilers, at the beginning of the movie, you see this old man. Like You don't see the face. It's pretty much waist down, feet, hands you know he's an old man, and he's checking on things, and he's fine-tuning things, and he's got the PK meter in his hand. He's sitting in the chair, and they pay this incredible homage to the scene with Dana in the first one where she's sitting in the chair, and the hands come out of the chair and grab her. 
it does the same thing to him and it kills him. And that's kind of where the movie picks up. And you wonder at the beginning, like, is that Egon? And then you find out, yes, it was. It was the grandfather. He lived on dirt farm. That's what they called it. He was the dirt farmer because he never grew anything just tended his fields but never grew anything that's kind of how they dealt with the actor's death at the beginning of the movie so you know he's not going to be in the movie you know that going in and they've kind of incorporated that into the beginning of the movie so they pay that that homage to that scene from the original with dana in the chair and the arm the, the creepy scaly arms coming up and grabbing her that's what kills egon the family arrives, the daughter arrives, and she's bitter and she's angry and she doesn't understand why her dad abandoned them. And you know that Trevor, the older brother, he's kind of, he's your average teenager, not really interested in science, doesn't really care about his grandfather. He's a little pissed off that his mom's moved him into the middle of nowhere and he meets a girl. Yeah, he's got no cell signal, like typical teenage boy. And then there's Phoebe. And she really had no friends at her previous school. She was not pleased that she was being moved to a public school education because she's a genius, like her grandfather. She's into science, like her grandfather. And she's stuck in summer school, where we meet Mr. What was it? Gruberson. Gruberson. That was his name. Mr. Gruberson. Gary Gruberson played by Paul Rudd. And she, they, he just kind of throws on a Stephen King movie, which was kind of cool. I think he threw on Cujo was the first movie. And then I think the second day they were watching Carrie, but they were all Stephen King movies. And she wanders into the back and finds out he's a seismologist and he's investigating the unusual seismic activity that's going on in the area. They're not on a fault line. They're not near a volcano. There's no discernible reason why this activity should be happening. And she's looking at it and he's looking at her like, holy crap, you know what you're talking about. You know this stuff. All right. So it kind of goes from there. She's investigating the house and she has the PK meter. She's in her room and anybody who has watched the first one and the second one knows that Egon liked to play chess. That was how he would relax, how he would just kind of disengage from everything. And she sets up a chess board and the pieces start moving and she starts playing this game with she's not sure what, because she doesn't believe in ghosts. If it can't be proven by science, it doesn't exist. It's kind of where her thought pattern is. And she ends up um, following, he kind of get, leads her to his secret lab in the basement of the house. If you've ever watched Pixar, any movies by Pixar, you know how they have that little lamp that has like a life of its own and its little head is the lamp part and it moves around. That is kind of how they've incorporated his spirit into it. He moves this lamp like it's his head, you know, and she's arguing with him. He's trying to get her to fix the proton pack. And she's, you know, picking on him. Well, no wonder it. And, you know, he flashes his light over onto his wall of accolades and, and degrees. And, and she's like, fine, fine, fine. You're a genius. She fixes the proton pack, which really excited me because it was one of the original proton packs from the original movies. I mean, you could tell just by looking at it. It was old. It was beat up looking. And I mean... There's only so much you can do with special effects to make it look old and beat up looking. This, you could tell, was authentic from the original costume set from the original movie. The PK was not, but we won't go into that. 
anybody who watched closely enough could discern the, the differences between the ones that, anyway, um, we're not going to pick apart the movie because I loved it. So yeah, her first experience with the, and another thing that I noticed, and it wasn't just me that noticed it either, is they kind of stuck to the original score of music that they used in the original movies and very, very close to the original special effects. When that proton pack went off and that beam came out of that gun part, it was exactly, almost exactly like it was in the original movies. Now, I was a little disappointed with the Slimer wannabe because it didn't look like Slimer, not the Slimer that I remembered, but... He was still goofy. He was a little more dangerous than the original Slimer, but he was cute. Uh, they had the dog, which was neat. The hellhound, which was kind of cool. And they had the Stay Puff Marshmallow Men. Not one. Not one big one. Oh, no. Oh, no. They had millions of little ones. Little tiny Stay Puff Marshmallow Men. And these were sadistic little Stay Puff Marshmallow Men. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, this kind of, this, this scene kind of traumatized me a little bit because the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man has this big old goofy grin and in the original movies, he wasn't really, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, he was trying to kill the boys, but he was just really big and clumsy and kind of cute and just kind of stumbled through New York streets, knocking things over and stepping on cars and, you know, he didn't really mean to hurt anybody. These little dudes, oh, they were out for blood, like literally. Um, now, mind you, when Paul Rudd got his finger bitten, he asked for it. He was poking the little dude like he was the Pillsbury Doughboy, expecting him to go, hee hee, and he didn't. Um, he got mad and bit his finger, and then they launched themselves at him. Um, they attacked his feet with, they were riding a Roomba, weren't they? She has her headphones and she can't hear me. They were riding one of those little, um, computerized vacuums, little Roombas. Yeah, they were riding those all around. The, they were in Walmart of all places. They were in Walmart. And now what I, I, one of the things that, you know, inconsistencies that I, I found, I mean, it made for great comedy. It made for a great scene. You see all the little Stay Puft Marshmallow men, they're on the barbecue and they're impaling each other on barbecue forks and skewers and roasting each other. And some of them trip and fall and literally, you know, melt away into the rungs. But Generally, in a Walmart, the barbecues are not hooked up to propane. So this wouldn't have actually been a thing. But it was funny. Traumatizing, but funny. Uh, the best one was the blender. Do y'all remember when internet was fun? And you used to be able to find these little games. It's hamster in a microwave, frog in a blender. Frog was a mouthy little shit. And you could push the buttons and he'd kind of spin around, bounce off the sides, and he'd finally hit the puree, and that would be the end of the frog. Well, these little Stay Puft Marshmallow dudes threw one of their buddies into a blender, and they were pushing the buttons, and he's laughing because he's flying around in the inside of the, the blender, and then somebody hit puree, <laughs> and all of a sudden, the inside of the blender is marshmallow fluff. You know, the jars of marshmallow fluff that you can get? Yep. That was the inside of the blender. I'm still not over that scene. I don't think I'm ever going to be over that scene. They were little marshmallow chuckies. They were just little marshmallow chuckies. They were, it, it was, yeah. Anyway, so they had the Stay Puft Marshmallow Men from the original movie. And they had the dog. And they had 
Zool. They, and they had, well, yeah, they turned um, two of the people into the um, Guardians, Gatekeeper and Keymaster. And then, oh, I cannot remember the name of the um, goddess that they resurrected. What was her name? Something weird ridiculous. I'm looking at the cast too, and I can't find her. Anyway, they have the original and 80s hair, 80s makeup, Dozer. Gozer. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is why I have my live studio audience around. He keeps me in line. He's also my research assistant. So yeah, they it's, it's that whole full circle because that's who they were battling in the first one. And yes, they do the line, are you a god? <laughs> And every, you almost, you could feel our entire generation because Bill Murray's like, come on, say it, say it, come on, say it, Ray. Like, ah! And we're all like holding our breath. And he says it. It's great. It was perfect. It was a perfect tie-in from the original movie to this one. You have the three of them show up and they're they're fighting and they they find out what I'm not going to give you all of the spoilers but they find out what the big dirt field is about and they find out why Egon kind of went off out into the middle of nowhere near this mountain and what he knew why he left his daughter why he left his family and it kind of makes you go huh now this is where you're going to get your big spoilers because I I have to talk about this it was a very emotional moment for me um I shed tears. I, I will not lie. Um, there was almost an ugly cry moment. Would have, Pretty much almost a whimper. But they only give you just enough. And then there's the Bill Murray comedy that kind of pulls you back from that <laughs> weeping cry in the middle of the theater. You see Phoebe and she's there and she's got the proton pack and she's got Gozer and they're trying to get the rest of the trap. We'll just put it out that way. To engage and you see this ethereal hand come around and place his hand over hers. And you know who it is. You know who it is. I mean, who else is going to be a ghost in a Ghostbuster uniform? But you still haven't seen his face. So you have the, the suggestion that it's him. And the camera pans back and there he is. Kind of like um, they did with Carrie Fisher in her scenes. They CGI'd him in, and it it was it was an incredible moment as that camera panned back, and you see Egon standing there with his arm around his granddaughter, holding the nozzle of the proton pack with her, and the other three Ghostbusters standing there with their and they actually combined the streams. It was great. It was great. Gozer ripped them apart, but you know they still crossed the streams. Um, yeah, and then there's this whole moment at the end of the movie with him and his daughter. I mean, he never speaks, which I don't think I, I, I would have been no good if they had been able to um, replicate his voice. Yeah, there would have been ugly crying. I would have been done. I would have been done just seeing the CG and knowing. I mean, I know in my head, but you get so pulled into the movie that you forget for that moment that he's actually gone and you believe for that moment that that is his ghost, that he is there in that movie. It's, oh, it's incredible. It was the best two and a half hours of movie that I have seen in a long time, long time. And I've watched a few movies in the last little while. I highly, highly, highly recommend 
if you are a ghost, well, not, you know what, even if you're not a Ghostbusters fan, because we had somebody with us that wasn't interested really in seeing the movie. He had no desire to see the movie. He hadn't seen any of the previous movies. Um, so Jay really didn't want to go, but you know, everybody was going, we filled up an entire row of people <laughs> with just our household. So Jay couldn't stay by himself. So he came with us and he enjoyed the movie. He laughed at the funny parts and he asked questions and we had a really good discussion after, um, about the, the, what did he say about, he made a really good comparison, but he said it was, he said that this movie was like an homage to the original and to, um, the actor who played Egon. But yeah, it was great to see Winston and Raymond and Bill Murray just completely flew out of my head. His character, Peter. Yes. Bankman. Aunt Sigourney Weaver was in it. Dana, her character, Dana Barrett, she was in it. Annie Potts was, in, it, it was just like, ah, you know, it was great. And, um, to know that, ah, Harold Ramis. Thank you. I don't know who I'm thanking because I looked it up myself, but anyway, you heard me over here struggling. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was just incredible. It was an incredible movie. Dan Aykroyd actually was the executive producer on that movie. So yeah, I, I highly suggest going and seeing it. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you haven't figured it out, I loved it. It was great. It was great. I mean, like I said, you know, completely ignore the third one. Just one, two in this one. <laughs> That's all you need. One, two in this one. I mean, you, you don't even have to watch two. And oh, the ending. Okay. Huge spoiler right here. Hoping there's going to be another one because do you remember how it was either the end of the first one or the beginning of the second one. I'm pretty sure it was the beginning of the second one. New York, the bridge, they're panning down. You can hear the siren on Ecto-1 and you see the car racing down the highway on the bridge. That's how they ended it. That exact scene. Like not it recreated. That scene recreated for now. But that scene, that's how they ended it. <gasps> yeah. So, I mean... You've got to think. Now we've got the teacher. We've got the granddaughter. We've got the brother. We've got the mom. She believes, obviously. We've got Egon's ghost floating around, giving them hints and telling them where to go and what to do. Ray still works in the occult bookshop that he was in at the end of the second one. He opened the, or they found him. Was it the second one or the third one? Second, I think it was the second one. He was in the occult bookshop that he had opened up. Still there. That's where Phoebe calls them. She calls the number from the commercials. And they blended those commercials from the original movies. And they blended the news footage from the original movies into her YouTube search. And what's really funny, and I even said this to Dave at the time, what's really funny is they probably just, that scene, she probably just typed that into actual YouTube and those videos came up. It wouldn't have had to have been any creative editing or making of because those were the videos and the scenes from the original movies, which are everywhere. So it, it makes me wonder if there's going to be like a whole next generation of, I mean, if they left it at just this with the suggestion that Ghostbusters are still out there busting ghosts and, and doing their thing, 
then that's fine. I'm happy with that because this movie wrapped everything up beautifully. It, it paid tribute to Egon. It paid tribute to the actor who played Egon. It gave all of the fans that have loved Ghostbusters and who felt, you know, the loss of Harry when he died. Um, it gave us closure. It gave us a chance to say goodbye, you know, and it was, it was beautiful. So if they leave it at just this, at the suggestion that there is a next generation and they never make another movie, that's fine. I'm good with that. I can go on with that. Now, Rotten Tomatoes has given it a 62% on the tomato meter. The audience score has given it 95%. So that tells you, that tells you that it's, it's a good audience movie that the fans loved it. The people loved it. And even if you weren't a fan of the originals, you still loved it because Jay was not a fan. He never watched them, was never interested in watching them. Still not interested in watching them, but he enjoyed this one as a standalone. Now, Zoe, she hasn't seen any of the originals. She wants to see them now, but she was really thrilled when she got to see Trevor because she's been watching Stranger Things and Trevor plays Mike on Stranger Things. So she was a very happy 10-year-old girl when she realized that that's who the older brother was. So that she kind of connected with the character right from the beginning of the movie because she's like, I know who that is. She's <laughs> flapping around over here all happy. So on a scale of 1 to 10, Miss Zoe, what would you rate Ghostbusters as a movie? Well, there you go. 1,000. So highly recommended movie. Go see it. Find a way to see it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I think our next movie excursion is going to be spider-man so but that's not until december if we watch anything between now and then oh we did <laughs> we found a movie in target now i've never watched any of the night of the living dead movies zombies are not my thing and it, i know we've had this discussion i am a horror fan i have specific horror that i like blood guts and gore is not it i'm getting better so we found Night of the Living Animated. Night of the Animated Living Dead. Something like that. I, anyway, it was a cartoon. It was the movie kind of cartoon style. Drawn in old 80s style cartoon animation. Um, and lower than B-rate acting. I think they just showed up at the studio and read what was on the page in front of them and got paid and left. We watched maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes of it before we just looked at each other and went, no, we can't. No, I was falling asleep and I guess he didn't want to suffer alone because he kept waking me up. You all right over there? Shut up. <laughs> I'm sleeping. I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm leaving. No, <laughs> wouldn't let me sleep. So yeah, we finally gave up, turned it off. We couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Don't recommend it. <laughs> If you're having trouble sleeping, sure, throw it in. Pretty sure you'll be asleep in the first 30 minutes. We were excited. He was very excited. It was opening up like they even had the whole, Bob and I, they're coming to get you scene. But no, that was probably the best scene out of the entire movie. Or at least the bit that we watched. It was just, no, don't recommend it. Don't recommend it. So what are we sitting at? 
We are still recording. Oh, holy moly. We've already had an hour. Okay, so we're going to do Florida Man news real quick, and we're going to do our interesting fun facts. I want to give you a little history on Florida Man. So, because, I mean, you know, everybody's heard of Florida Man. Florida Man is an internet meme. It was popularized in 2013 and then repopularized in 2020, in which the phrase Florida Man is taken from various unrelated news articles concerning people who hail from or live in Florida. Mr. Montoya is claiming it is his idea. If you go back and listen to old episodes of Seeing Red, you will hear them discuss Florida Man in 2013 when they started. Now, Internet users typically submit links to news stories and articles about unusual or strange crimes or events occurring in Florida, particularly those where Florida Man is mentioned in a headline. The stories call attention to Florida's supposed notoriety for strange and unusual events. Now, the meme originated in February 2013 with a Twitter account at underscore Florida Man, which quoted notable strange or bizarre news headlines containing the words Florida Man, such as Florida Man run over by van after dog pushes accelerator or police arrest Florida Man for drunken joyride on motorized scooter at Walmart. The account referred to Florida Man as the world's worst superhero. I'm just scanning this quickly to see if Dean Red is quoted in this article. It is not, so I'm going to carry on because I don't want to read it all. It's not that interesting. Anyway, so that is the origins of Florida Man, which could be attributed to a meme or the podcast Seeing Red. Prove me wrong. (laughs) So there's your little back history on Florida Man. Now, this isn't actually an article. It was a meme that I saw on Facebook. I know. Don't believe everything you read on Facebook. But I did actually ask a few people. My aunt has seen signs that do say this um, when she does, when she can, she's going to send me a picture. They have signs in Florida that say, and I kid you not, do not feed or molest the alligators. What are y'all doing to the alligators that you need a sign that says don't molest them? Why? Why? Why would you want to molest an alligator in the first place? Secondly, why? Why would you want to molest an alligator in the first place? They're bitey. And they do this whole alligator death roll thing and rip parts of your body off. So, uh, well, there's a lot of that in Florida, apparently. They need signs. Speaking of natural selection, Florida couple caught having sex in the back seat of a police car. The couple allegedly did things after a suggestion to record an OnlyFans video in the back of a police car. Not the best place to be doing things like that. Florida man sought after cutting cables to satellite dishes, disabling stations. The individual was methodical in disabling and strategically cutting cable that linked all of our satellite dishes to our facility. It's the peacock. It's NBC. (laughs) That's a smart Florida man. Florida man catches enormous 12-foot gator. According to where the man captured the gator on his first attempt. All right. Good for you. You know, there's a small child in the room. There are some of these I just can't read. This one, he's a veterinarian, and he gets 22 years in prison for doing naughty things to dogs. I think he needs longer than that. Oh, yes, and then, of course, there's the poor man that got hit by a car and then run over by a school bus. He was having a really bad day. One taste for twerking. You know, I I can kind of get behind that. I really can. I'd like to taste people for twerking. Can I taste people for twerking? The police did. It's just that dance should never have been allowed to ever go beyond wherever it was created. I don't understand it. Well, then there's this one that, you know, steals the forklift, the four-wheeler, and shoes. 
It's like the redneck version of trains, planes, and automobiles. Yeah. He's lucky that's all that happened to him. Florida man hospitalized after jumping into Jaguar exhibit at zoo. Not sure why. Oh, he was taunting the Jaguars at a Jacksonville zoo before being attacked when he put his arm inside the enclosure. Do not taunt something that could eat you and not even bat an eyelash. I mean, it wouldn't take him a whole lot to crush your bones. They eat meat. Raw meat. You are nothing more than raw meat. <sighs> okay, so man arrested for stealing gator and abusing it to teach it a lesson. Police saw him throw the alligator over his shoulder and then throw it down to the ground as if he were trying to injure the alligator, claiming he needed to teach it a lesson. I'm not sure what kind of lesson, but that falls under the don't molest the alligators sign. Okay. Florida teen says Satan tempted him to commit burglary to pay for college. Well, I've heard that college tuition can be hell to pay, but, you know. <laughs> Gus said the devil kept tempting him to steal. Florida man pulls rifle on neighbors, accuses them of keeping tabs for FBI. Okay. Must be something in the water. I'm not drinking the water while I'm there. I'm just not. Florida man arrested for hitting daughter with pizza after she told him to leave. Police noted the strong odor of an alcoholic beverage. An alcoholic beverage. Probably beer. That's a Tuesday night. Yep. Yep. The police noted the strong odor of an alcoholic beverage on the father's breath when, when asking him about the alleged food fight. That <laughs> was much of a food fight. He slapped his daughter in the face with a pizza. If she had opened her mouth, it would have been a snack. A Florida woman, to not be outdone by Florida man, leads cops in nearly naked chase. The Florida woman was barely wearing anything on the multi-county high-speed chase that hit 110 miles per hour, according to authorities. Betcha she was a little breezy. Oh, dude, dude. Florida man dies from mangrove lodged into his head. The man was driving a 21-foot boat at the rate, high rate of speed when he veered directly into a mangrove shoreline. Ouch. Well, you know, natural selection. Yeah, I've said it before. Florida police aren't that smart either. This is the same suspect. Flees police in stolen patrol car, crashes it, steals another one. Yeah, Florida man steals an ambulance and gets it stuck in the mud a few miles away. Florida manatee lover Gary Stone arrested for harassing sea cows. He was doing informal research. <clears throat> a Florida man, 83, shot neighbor for feeding ducks and geese. The waterfowl commonly cause disputes between neighbors because of their destructiveness and potential disease spreading. I still don't think you need to get shot over it. <clears throat> Florida man hurls golf clubs at cars and punches trooper. Okay. A Northport man, Jonathan Edward Day, 41. See, you know, anybody that's got three names and has to use all three names is accused of throwing the clubs from a work van at other moving vehicles. Okay. Florida woman charged with assaulting sister with Christmas decoration. The woman struck her sister with a Christmas cone after sibling tried to defuse an argument between the woman and her boyfriend. All right. Florida man snatches golf ball from a top alligator's tail. Okay. Now, my aunt and my uncle are diehard golfers, and they golf in Florida, but I am pretty sure they're not going to snatch their golf ball off of an alligator. They might throw their clubs at it, but, you know. Oh, dude. Florida man sentenced to 20 years in jail for plotting to kill judge. Florida man is facing a combined prison sentence of, 
sentence of more than 28 years after being convicted in two different murder-for-hire plots, the second of which was hatched against the federal judge and prosecutor who handled his first case. Dumb ass. Okay, so now we're getting out of Florida man news and into just stupid news. <laughs> Florida man arrested for requesting mail-in ballot for his dead wife. All right. Florida man says God ordered him to break into neighbor's home. You know, I'm just not drinking the water. Oh, maybe it's the air. Florida man was arrested for cashing in lottery ticket at the same store he stole it from. Yep, Florida man was recently arrested for trying to cash a stolen winning lottery tickets at the same store he stole them from. Idiot. Drunken Florida man drives lawnmower down highway. Yep, just him and his John Deere. Florida man jailed after allegedly dosing a 7-Eleven employee with a Slurpee. I don't know, man. I watched Glee. Apparently that stuff stings the eyes. <laughs> Florida man shoots Burger King worker over dispute about long line. Okay. All right, let's move on. Florida man's just not that interesting. So now I'm going to give you 10 fun, interesting facts about Florida. Because, you know, I'm going there in January. Why not scare the hell out of myself? Did you know Florida has the most golf courses in any state in America? Not surprised. All of the Canadians love to go down there and golf. Approximately a thousand people move to Florida each day. Day. Thousand people a day. Florida is widely known for its hot weather, sunny days, and very mild winters. This has made it a welcome haven for retirees from all over the country and other countries who want great weather year-round. That's why so many people every day choose to pack their bags and relocate to sunny Florida. Oh no, I've read enough Florida man and Florida women's stories to say no. Nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there. There are no dinosaur fossils in Florida. Nope, not one. If you plan to dig for dinosaur bones, you won't have any luck in Florida. That's because during the dinosaur age, the Florida Peninsula was underwater. It was totally non-existent as a landmass. You must register your car in Florida, even if you only live there part-time. I know this from my aunt and uncle, actually. Florida state law says that if you have a car in Florida for more than 90 days per year, that vehicle must be registered in Florida. And those 90 days do not have to be consecutive. Even out-of-state residents must insure their car in Florida and must prove that they meet the state's minimum insurance requirements. Also, if you have never had a regular driver's license in any state, country, or jurisdiction, you must complete a Florida TLSAE, Traffic Law and Substance Abuse Education course. I wonder if my mother knows this. I'm going to have to tell her, because she's going to be there for more than 90 days. Well, no, we're going to be there for Janu half of January, March, and we'll be back in April. Oh, I completely forgot February. There's only 28 days in February. That month doesn't count. We're just going to forget February altogether. I'm just going to come to an event somewhere between January and March. Florida's state flag features St. Andrew. Florida's official state flag, adopted in 1900, has a red cross of St. Andrew on a white field. The center features the Florida state seal, which shows the sun, palm trees, a steamboat, land, water, and a Native American woman scattering flowers. Florida is the flattest state in America. Have they seen Nevada? Well, California's got mountains, so kind of flat too though not many hills here florida's mean elevation is only 100 feet the state's highest natural point britain hill is only 345 feet above sea level for comparison britain hill is the lowest high point out of any state in america florida's official state reptile is 
You guessed it, the alligator. The Florida driving test no longer requires parallel parking. Oh, I could pass that driver's test first time. Recently, the Florida driving test has done away with parallel parking, but still requires new drivers to pass other important tasks. Here are the maneuvers that drivers must perform in the Florida driving test. Turn about. Turn your car around in a 30 to 40 foot space. That's called a three point turn. Gear shift. You must be able to shift gears smoothly. If you're driving an automatic, you just put it in drive and go. Parking. Demonstrate that you can park your car straight in a parking spot. The car must be centered in the spot. That's actually a good skill because people, I've seen cars parked and people just can't seem to park. Stop quickly. While driving at 20 miles per hour, you must make a quick, safe stop. Back up safely. You'll have to back up for 50 feet while driving slowly. You also can't use the rear view mirror, but instead should turn your head to look back. Use stop signs correctly. Show that you can come to a complete stop correctly and then proceed into the intersection only when it is safe. Signal and turn. Demonstrate that you can use your turn signal 100 feet before you turn, not as a last minute decision. Most people never learn that. Ever. Stay in the correct lane. Show that you can stay in the right lane and only change lanes when it is safe. Stay in your own damn lane. People don't know that either. Florida is home to many national parks. In fact, Greater Miami is the only metropolitan area in America that has two national parks. The pristine Everglades National Park and the picturesque Biscayne National Park. Florida produces the most oranges in America. Orange lovers love Florida. Can you believe Florida makes 75% of the country's oranges? In addition, Florida accounts for 40% of the world's orange juice supply. Nom, nom, nom. And that is your 10 fun, interesting facts about Florida. See, it's all F's today. Yep, that one too. <laughs> I am going to give my poor throat a rest and I am going to say goodnight. We have a busy day tomorrow. I'm going to go and experience a Mexican Thanksgiving. Wish me luck. Arriba. <laughs> no tequila. I'm terribly sorry. No tequila. Which is probably a good thing because I'm also meeting family I've never met before with a 10-year-old who has pink hair. That's all I'm going to say. But we already have it all figured out how we're going to do it. And eventually Dave will be the one thrown under the bus. <laughs> Why? Because everybody loves Dave. All right, everybody. I am out of here for this week. It has been an hour and a half of fun, frivolity, and giggles. I'm ready for bed. I'm pretty sure the 10-year-old over there on my bed is ready for bed. So I'm going to say goodnight. I'm going to say see you. And I'm going to say go watch Ghostbusters. I can't stress this enough. All right, everybody. Until next week. See ya. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.